Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, are you ready for some Word today? Me too. Me too. You know, there is no greater subject. You know, the, the resurrection was the, the cornerstone of the Christian faith. Praise God. We believe in the resurrection. If there's no resurrection, there's no point in doing what we do. If there's no resurrection, let's just go home. If there's no resurrection, let's just, let's just have a party and, and let's call it good and, and have a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, because if there's no resurrection, the fun won't last very long. Praise God. So Jesus is risen from the dead. He triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. He rose again victoriously. Praise God. Praise God. He triumphed over death. Death has no dominion and no power over him. And praise God, get this, because Jesus rose again, and you are in him, that means you rose again as well. Hallelujah. And because you rose again, death has no dominion over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, one day you're going to put off this physical body if Jesus doesn't return first. But let me tell you this, that you never die because the real you is on the inside. The real you is the spirit on the inside of you. And no matter what happens to this physical man, this is the tent that you live in. And no matter what happens to this physical man, we'll live on. Praise God. Praise God. And you never die. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am never going to die. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, the physical man, I'm going to move out one day. And I'm going to go on into the, the direct presence of the Lord. But the real me on the inside will never die because I died with Christ and I was resurrected with him and death no longer has power over me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to get this. In Genesis chapter 22, I love this story that, that we read here. Genesis chapter 22 uh, it's the story of, of Abraham and his son Isaac. Now, God had uh, approached Abraham. His name was Abram at the time. And God approached him and, he, and he, he wanted to make a covenant with him. So they went through what I call is, do, do you realize that what happened between God and Abram 
was uh, kind of a picture of what happens in a, in a, uh, a marriage. That the husband-to-be, the bride-to-be, and, and he begins to woo her and begins to, to romance her. Well, that's what God did with Abraham. He came to him and he began to say, I am your exceeding great reward. You know, and Abram said, so, uh, so what are you going to give me? I don't, I don't even have a, I don't have a son. I don't, you know, who am I going to, uh, who am I going to pass my inheritance on to? God begins to talk to him. Later on, he says, he says, you know, I will bless you and make you a blessing. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And I'm sure that Abram didn't know what, what all God was talking about at that time. So we're looking back on it and we can see what happened. We can see that through the lineage of Praise God. He came in and, and the Bible tells us, see, it, it says that, that to uh, Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And it says that if you are of faith, you are of the seed of Abraham. Praise God. Now, why did his name change from Abram to Abraham? It's because there was a gift that took place there. Just like marriage when the wife Damn. praise God and uh, you say, well, okay, I don't, I don't see where in, in uh, Abraham, where is God in that? Well, God's not his name, all right? What his name is, is Yahweh, or simply Yah. Well, Abraham tried to help God out. And Abraham, in, in his effort, Abraham's wife's handmaiden and uh, her, her servant. And Sarah 
his wife came to him and said, well, I can't bear you any children, so why don't you, maybe God wants to do this through uh, Hagar. And so there was a son born by Hagar. And uh, so anyway, um, God said, no, that's not the son I was talking about. year old women do you know having babies not too many see but 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 here's the thing God wanted it to be his work wanted it to be his promise fulfilled not by our self-effort do you realize that today everything you have from God is not because of your self-effort the things that you have by your self-effort are the things that get you in trouble. Things that are promises of God, those are the things that are blessing to your life. Praise God. And so Abraham And I want you to take him up on a mountain to a place that I'm going to show you. And there I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Now we find this all written in Genesis chapter 22. I'll probably read some select uh, passages from it, some select verses. But you, I want you to read the whole story um, in Genesis chapter 22. But... Abraham, he had grown in his trust of God by this time. Now, you've got to understand this. Abraham's been through a lot. God told him, he said, I'm going to make you exceedingly rich. Make you very rich. And he came through and did it. God says, I'm going to. to do. 
did he, uh, you know, was he planning on really not sacrificing his son? Oh, no. No, Abraham had full intention of sacrificing his son to God. That's exactly what he was going to do because that's what God said he could do. But, but let me tell you this. Abraham believed in resurrection. He believed if God said, you're going to take your son, you're going to offer your son. He, he believed because he told his servant, the boy and I, we're coming back. Both of us. We're both coming back. And if you see a familiar sounding story in this, I want you to realize that God needed to offer his son. So the way this works, when God created the heavens and the earth, and he created the Garden of Eden and, and all the plant life and the animal life and all this. And he put it there in the Garden of Eden. He put it there for the man he was about to create. It was all planned for the human race, for man. Creation, you know, uh, Jesus said it this way one time. He said the, the, the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. Well, let me say this. Creation was for man, not man for creation. It's God. And, and that's, that's really important because there are, a, there are a lot of people out there in our world today that would want you to worship creation. Now, I'm not going down that road this morning, but I want you to understand that creation was for you. Praise God. The earth was created for you. God had very beginning. He made this place for you. He created the place for you. He created the garden for you, not you for the garden. He created the animal life and the plant life and all of these things for you, not you for them. Praise God. And we've got to understand that and grasp that, that, that God created this garden and he placed Adam in it, but he had created it all for Adam. Praise God. Now, when he created Adam, he said this, let us, you say, well, who's us? See, here's say.
He wasn't talking about Adam and Eve. He was talking about Adam and his offspring. in the earth. Now, because God is a God of His Word and He never breaks His Word, it is absolutely impossible for God to lie. He never, ever, ever breaks His Word. And what He said, He absolutely will do what He said. Praise God. Just like He told Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. I don't care if you're 100 and your wife's 90. Praise God. God is going to do what He said He would do. Praise God. So he created all this and he put man, put Adam in the garden to have dominion over the earth. Now, in order for God to do anything, you see, God's not one to give authority and then take it back. Praise God. So what did he do? He said, Adam, you are to be in the earth. Well, the first thing that happens that we see recorded, now, I don't know how much time frame was between the creation of Adam and then Eve and, and the time frame that, that existed there. I don't know what that time frame was. You don't either. If you, if you think you do, you're just speculating. Praise God. So you don't know what that time frame was, but there was a... Time frame that Adam walked in, in the garden and, and in was that God had given Adam authority in the earth and he gave him one commandment. You know, just, just one. Just one. And the one commandment was you don't eat of that tree right there. He pointed out the tree and said you don't eat from that tree. All the rest of them you can eat from. Well, the serpent comes in and he begins to talk to Eve and he says, well, you know, the reason God doesn't want you to eat from that tree is because he knows that in the day you eat from that tree, you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. And he convinced Eve that she was missing out on something good. She was missing out on something she wanted to partake of. And, and he convinced her of that. And so she took the fruit. And the Bible says that Adam was right there with her. And Adam did nothing. What was Adam told to do? Dominion over everything that creeps on the earth. That would include serpents, right? You're to have dominion. So Adam had the authority to run Satan, to run the serpent out of the garden. But he didn't do it. But you see, because God gave him authority in the earth, therefore God would never take back that authority. So here's the thing. God will let you do what he told you not to do.
He'll let you do it. Why? You know, I mean, if, I always say it this way. If God was ever going to make someone sick, he should have made Adam sick right then. Should have given him a tummy ache, you know, so he wouldn't want to eat that fruit. But he didn't. Eve ate of the fruit she gave to Adam. He ate of the fruit. They broke the one commandment that they had. And people ask us, well, why did God plant that tree and put it in the garden, you know, in the first place if he knew Adam was going to eat of it? Well, the reason he did it is because he wanted him. The People say that, that, you know, God shouldn't have done that. But here's the deal. If that tree had not been in the garden, then Adam would not have had a choice. And if Adam had no choice, then Adam was not truly in the image and likeness of God. He had to have choice, the power to choose. And how many know you don't really have power to choose if there are no choices? And so you have to have a choice. So God kept it to a bare minimum and he gave him one choice. Just one. You know, don't eat of it. You have the ability to, but don't eat of it. And Adam made of that fruit. But what happened that day was Adam lost authority. Now, he gave authority to the serpent. Now, because he was a man, God still honored the fact that he had authority. But he was coming under the authority of, of the serpent. You get this. Man was supposed to have authority under God, but now he has authority under Satan. He still has authority in the earth. He can still permit and keep out what he wants to permit and keep out. But God, because he gave authority to man, he couldn't just come in and do whatever he wanted to do. God could not just send his son into the world. God, God could, he had to work through natural law. Natural law said that, that if a woman is going to bear a child, And his heel, but he's going to.
would have to see this this is the this is the mind of God this is how God does things it is so far above the way we would do things here's what God said God said okay I'm going to bring my son into the world but he's going to come in here and he's going to be the seed of the woman which doesn't exist there is no such thing so he said how am I going to do that well, he says, I, first thing to do, I've got to talk man about this. And so God shows up there in the garden, and he talks to Adam and Eve, and, and he talks about the seed of the woman coming. Throughout time, throughout 4,000 years of Old Testament history, God begins to talk about this son that he's going to send. He begins to give us types and shadows and this story of Abraham that we've been talking about is one of those types and shadows by Abraham and so comes to Abraham and he says, I've given you your only son. It's important that he called him his only son because Jesus is called what? The only begotten son of God. Now, don't, don't get too hung up on that because he didn't stay the only begotten son of God very long. If he offers God his only son, then God. Praise God. And at the time that. At the time that Abraham did that, you know, God called him his only son. At the time Jesus was went to the cross, he was the only son of God. But beyond that, what happened after Jesus rises from the dead. He is then referred to as the firstborn among many brethren. Praise God. He's no longer called the only, you know, we, we say, well, I believe in that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. I believe Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. Praise God. I believe now he's got a whole lot of brothers and sisters. Praise God. Praise God. He is the firstborn from the dead. Hallelujah. Abraham did. Abraham takes his son and he takes him up on the mountain. They build an altar to the Lord. And Isaac says to Abraham, he says, so um, where's the sacrifice? He didn't know he was the sacrifice. But he says, where's, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, 
He says, God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself a lamb. Now, think of it this way. God will provide that himself will be the lamb. Do you get that? God will provide that himself, God himself, who became flesh and dwelt among us, became the lamb. When, when Jesus met John the Baptist at the Jordan River to be baptized of him, John sees him coming and he says, Behold, the lamb I mean, we, we know emphatically that it, was, that it was in the region. It, it was right in that area. I, I don't think that God does things by, the reason I'm so convinced of that is because I don't think God does things by accident. I think things are done very deliberately and very intentionally. And I believe that Jesus was crucified on the same spot where God, or where, where Abraham built an altar to God to offer his son. Praise God. So Abraham takes him and he says, God will provide himself a lamb. And so he turns around and he hears the angel of the Lord say, don't touch. to the lad. As a sacrifice. Now, I, I think that the ram was probably a, a young ram because it needed to be a lamb, right? But a, a, a young ram that he's offered there. But anyway, just as Abraham had said, he and the boy returned. Now, God, following that example, sends his only begotten son into the world. 33 years later, they lay him on the wood. And they nail him to that wood, and they raise him up, and he's sacrificed for you and I. Praise God. Because Abraham gave God permission to do it. You see, your sins were paid for legally. Praise God. There was nothing, there was no funny business going on there. It was all legal. Made sure of that throughout time. He had given all of the law 
You see, the law contained pictures and shadows and types of Jesus that would come into the world. Let me give you this one, for instance. Moses is in the wilderness, and the people are being bitten by serpents. And when they were bitten by the serpent, they died. Well, what happened back in the Garden of Eden? In a way, Adam and Eve were bitten. Not physically biting, but in a sense, they were bitten by a serpent, and they died that day. They, they died spiritually that day, and they brought death into the world that day. And so they were bitten by the serpent, and they died. Moses was given an instruction that said, you make a brazen serpent, and you raise this brazen serpent. See, brass is a type of judgment. Why a brass serpent? Because brass is a type of judgment. So he raises this brazen serpent up on a pole in the middle of the camp. What does the Bible say? Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all judgment to myself. Now, the Bible says all men to myself, but the word men is in italics. And if you, so if you understand that italicized word in the King James or in the New King James Version of the Bible, that means that word didn't actually exist there in the original language. So he didn't really say, I will draw all men to myself. See, we've missed, we've missed the whole point of that because of that one little word that was added by a Bible translator. That one little word, men, he, he, Jesus wasn't saying, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all people to myself. Well, if that were true, then everybody in the world would be believers, right? But that's not what he said. He says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all judgment to myself. How do we know it's judgment? He, he said, I will draw all to myself. How do we know it was judgment he was talking about there? Because it's the context that the verse was written in. He says, I'm going to draw all judgment to myself if I'm lifted up from the earth. Well, what happened? There was a brazen serpent that was lifted up on a pole in the wilderness, brass being a type of judgment.
Adam's tree or are you going to identify with Jesus' tree? Praise God. Now, Jesus had some work to do. Ephesians tells us that he descended into the lower parts of the earth. What was Jesus doing there? Peter tells us that he was ministering to the souls in prison. So what's that talking about? Well, that's talking about Old Testament saints. They had heard about the Messiah that was to come. They had heard about the anointed one of God that was to come. And they believed upon the one that was to come. He hadn't come yet. But they believed upon the one that was to come. And by believing upon the one who was to come, Luke chapter 16, if you read the story there of a rich man and Lazarus, But hell was, was torment. The rich man was in hell, and he was in torment. But Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom, a place of comfort. And he was being held there. So Jesus, during the three days, and by, by the way, it was three days and three nights. Now, I, I don't know how you can get three days and three nights. I can't figure out how you get three days and three nights between... Uh, Friday and Sunday, you know. And, and, and so, therefore, I believe that because the Bible says three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, I believe it's three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Praise God. Because if any one part of the Scripture is not true, then none of it's true. Or none of it can be trusted. So, Therefore, if he said three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, he was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So what was he doing during those three days and those three nights? Peter tells us that he was ministering to the souls in prison. And then we've got to connect that together with what Ephesians, the fourth chapter says, that when he de- ascended on high, it says at first he descended, which made it possible for him to ascend. So he ascended on high to men. Now he called them captivity captive. He led captivity. Those that were in captivity. They were in a place there. They couldn't leave there. They weren't being tormented. They were in comfort. But they were captive there. Jesus went to them and he said, remember you heard about me. You heard about the Messiah that was to come. I'm the one you, you died believing in. Praise God. I am the one. I am here now. Now Get your stuff. Let's go. You're coming with me. Praise God. He led them captive. Those that were in captivity, he led them captive and he gave gifts to men. He ascended on high. So those that had died believing upon Jesus that was to come, he led them out of that place. Praise God. Praise God. And see that. Anyone who believes upon him, there's no way he, they're getting left behind. Amen. 
Praise God. You won't believe on something in vain. In other words, you believe upon him, you are going to be well pleased. Hallelujah. Because he will not leave you behind. Praise God. He led them out. He gave gifts unto men. He ascended on high, carries his blood into the throne room of God, offers it on the mercy seat of God. The work has been finished back, and he peers to 500 people, is what the scripture says. Now, I've often wondered this. He appears to 500 people. I don't know. I don't know. But you see, when it comes to me, I want to be one of the 120. You know, not one of the 380 that we don't know what happened to them. But, but you see, he appears to, to 500, and then he goes away, and he says, I'm going to come back again. Well, last time he said that, what did he do? He said, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried in the earth, and then I'm going to come back again. I'm going to rise again. So when he said, I'm coming back last time, well, now he said, I'm coming back. Believe. He's coming back again. Hallelujah. He did it last time. He'll do it again. Jesus is going to come back. And I got to tell you, it's not going to be very long. You know, we could spend the next considerable amount of time. want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Praise God. The good news. It is the power of God to salvation. He didn't say, uh, I'm not ashamed of, to, to condemn people because therein is the power of salvation. No, 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 no. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Well, I'm not ashamed to, to, to preach hard and to preach, you know, against this and to preach against that and to take a stand against this and to take a stand. No, Jesus said, preach the gospel. Paul said, in the gospel is the power of God to salvation. I can't condemn someone to life. But I can preach the gospel unto life. Praise God. Because in the gospel is the power of God to salvation. To everyone who, what? believes to everyone who believes so if you don't believe you don't get the benefit 
This is why you've got to believe. If you're in this room today or if you're watching me online and you believe the good news that Jesus died on a cross, paid for all of your sins, rose again on the third day, went back into heaven and is coming back. If you believe that Jesus is Lord of all, praise God. If you believe that what he did, he did for you, praise God. There's only one thing you have to do now, and that is to acknowledge that verbally. Praise God. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. That means right standing with God. Believing will cause you to be in right standing with God. One believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Praise God. Well, don't you have to give up a lot of stuff? You know, don't you have to give up your sin? That's not what that verse said. You know, there are those that are, there's videos all over YouTube now that says that just, you know, we're watering down the gospel to believe, to, to say that we can just believe and be saved. Well, I say they're watering down the gospel because they say you can work to salvation. That's watering the gospel down. That's making the gospel less than it is. The gospel is that if you believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Can't add anything to it. And we can't take anything away from it because that is the gospel. Praise God. choose him I can't state that I believe that Jesus rose from the dead Paid for my sins and rose from them. I can't say that too many times. So, therefore, that's why I always say, let's just all pray this. Praise God. So, if you pray it and you mean it, maybe you've never prayed it before, but if you pray it and you believe it, believe what you're saying, then something will happen from you, for you. You will pass from death to life.
Praise God. See, because what we're doing is we are identifying with Jesus. When I say Jesus is my Lord, I'm identifying with him. I'm saying I'm choosing to get out of Adam and get into Jesus. Praise God. So we're identifying with him. And when I identify with him, what happened to him happens to me. Praise God. That's why I passed from death to life. Because he passed from death to life. That's why we again. Praise God. That's why the script Paul said very specifically, if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. dead so I have to believe that God raised him from the dead and I have to acknowledge that and I have to choose to identify with his resurrection so that when I do I am resurrected hallelujah hallelujah you see the gospel it makes sense it makes sense it's really easy it's it's not even complicated it was so not complicated that the devil couldn't figure it out. The Bible says that, he, that had he known, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. He couldn't figure it out. But praise God, the Holy Spirit is helping you this morning. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're sitting in this room. Holy Spirit is helping you to say, oh, I understand it. Jesus rose from the dead, so I can raise from the dead. Bible says you were dead in trespasses and sins. But when you make this confession as Jesus as your Lord, praise God, you, he will make alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus, that he died on a cross for me, that he paid for all of my sins, so I could have new life. And today, I choose Jesus. I choose to identify with Him to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you raised Him from the dead. And I believe that you raised And I want Jesus to be my Lord today. From this point forward, I pursue Jesus to know him. Holy Spirit, teach me to know Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Now, if you prayed that prayer, then according to God's word, you're saved. Now, we want to know that you prayed that prayer. So if you will go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and there is a an absolutely free ebook offer there. It's called I Choose Jesus. Just select that and order it. It's free of charge. And, and that lets us know, you know, that, and you, you can check there. I pray this prayer. I, I, I chose Jesus. Praise God. If you're sitting in the seat, you can do the same thing. Praise God. Or you can fill it out on the, the blue card that's in the seat in front of you. You check I Choose Jesus. If you're with us for the first time, fill out the card. We want to know who you are so we can so we can get to know you better. Praise God. Praise God.
But if you made that decision today, you've made the most important decision of your life. And that's what Resurrection Sunday is all about. Praise God. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, was raised from the dead. So you today could be raised from the dead. Hallelujah. 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 Let me just say that, that Jesus also said that Father has a gift for you. Holy Spirit. He said the Father wants to give the Holy Spirit to everyone who praise God. So if you have, if you're a born again child of God, if he's your father, that means you're a child of God. So if you are a child of God, Everyone who seeks finds, everyone who knocks, the door will be open. See, he's not trying to keep something from you. He's trying to give you something. Praise God. Praise God. So right now, let's just ask him for this gift of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you what's going to happen when you do. You're going to receive. The Bible says everyone who asks receives. So you will receive. But when you do, there's going to come with that a language that you've never learned. This Holy Spirit will move on the inside of you and he will begin to pray through you. He'll, but you have to give him your voice to pray. So from way down here, there's going to come something up on the inside of you. It's going to be words that you don't understand. Just say them. Just say them. Holy Spirit's just wanting to pray through you. That's all. That's all. It's nothing scary. He just wants to pray through you. Praise God. And it's a blessing for your life. The Bible says you can pray when you don't know what to pray for. Praise God. The Bible says you can worship God well. Praise God. It says you can build yourself up on your most holy faith. You can receive revelation from God as you pray in an unknown tongue. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love with you.